right? So the count will have none yeah. of that. If you're doing number five, I'm not. So Harpo will <laughs> win. So he is such an anarchist. Now he'll let it ride and he'll win again. And he'll let it ride and he'll win again. Nice. Oh, and he knows, like, that's rusty. So he's like, I can't believe my pool boy is winning. Right. Wow, that's some animation right there. The coin's going up. They must have got it from the gold diggers of 1933 or something. <laughs> 49, the, go the gold rush. Yeah, I guess no. There was a it was a Bugsby Berkeley kind of a musical uh, review, and it was uh, basically various song numbers and skits, and it came out in '33. So they called it the Gold Diggers of '33. Oh, oh. It, it's a cool movie. I think it was '33, but they, it was named after the year of its release, like as if it was a vaudeville show where they say, you know, '39's greatest uh, show, the '39 review. Sounds fun. Never heard of it. You know what sounds terrible? The Gold Diggers of 2020. That is one year I do not want to relive. <laughs> I would like to get a Gold Digger. I mean, there's no gold, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to get the gold first. Bye! Hey, he's So, he's the manager of the hotel. So, he goes up and he goes, Oh, we have gambling here? You know, like, all surprised. And he goes, sir, if he, you know, the limit is too high. If he wins, he will break the bank. And he goes, the, well, you know the odds of someone hitting five again? There's no way he's going to do that. And they say, <laughs> so he goes, what, not if I roll the wheel? So Groucho himself threw the ball. And now the count is convincing the cop and the mayor of the town that it was a setup. They're in it together. Interesting. But they weren't. No, it was luck. Yeah. You know, Carl, there's a comic book that just that came out recently, which took a script that Salvador Dali wrote. He was going to make a movie with the Marx Brothers. It was like really? A giraffe something. Yeah, so this guy took the script and took some historical notes, and he just kind of made a graphic novel of it. And, it's, and it stars the Marx Brothers, and it has Salvador Dali in it, and it's it's interesting, yeah, for sure. Okay, now we book have book. our Act Three set up. Okay, okay, they've been thrown into jail. Okay, and Beatrice is going to overhear that the Count is taking the. He's been now. Uh, He's become the hotel manager, so he's going to take the Nazi loot and run away, and they're going to leave Beatrice behind. So Beatrice sort of like changes sides, um, calls the cops on him and stuff. You go Beatrice. Meanwhile, Pierre Beatrice. is going to get flown to uh, France by plane and tried by a military court for, I don't know, Taking the treasure and crashing his plane? I'm not sure for what. So he's a bad guy in this. What? Look at, oh. 
I was sorry. I was distracted by Harpo's antics in the background. You, you didn't say he was the bad guy. He's the good guy, you see. And, like, this is the Act 3 setup. Everything's down on its luck. He's going to get tried by a military tribunal. But now they find out oh, Harpo knows where the treasure is. Yeah. Ground basement. Treasure. Next floor, basement. Men's out of there. Treasure. Be quiet. It will never escape if you keep on yelling. There you go. Oh, they can let her out too. Come on, come on, Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. <sighs> next Remember, floor house where formal wear treasure. <laughs> Nazi loot. Nazi loot. Wow, they got a lot of crap. is hearing she's going to be on the outs. So she's pretending she's horrible acting. She's pretending she's calling. <laughs> You think they? You think uh, Archie Mayo, the director, is behind uh, the, the off camera? Uh, hello. <laughs> Thanks, Archie. You're right. What kind of white name is that? Archibald Mayonnaise. Archibald Eld Mayonnaise. <laughs> and um, Archie Eld. By Joseph Fields and Ronald Kibble. Kibby. Uh, Ronald Kibby, Kibby. wrote oh. Groucho Marx. Um, he was in the Air Force in World War Two, and after the you know, his military service, he co-wrote this movie. Um, this is like almost immediately after he got out. Because this is 1946, right? So the war just ended and... Just uh, ended, yes. Well, that's nothing, nothing better than going back to the theater and watching the war again. Yeah. Well, all films were like stuck on the war at this point. Now, the Marx Brothers would be in one more film. It's called Love Happy, uh, but it's uninspired, yep. you know, and the three are never in the same scene together. So even though this isn't the literally their final film, it is. Well, this is the greatest story ever told, the Cecil B. DeMille movie, where the, it's like a three-hour film about Bible stories, and each each Marx Brothers has their own scene in it. Uh-huh. But they're, they're not together. Which is crazy. Huh. After the yeah. films broke up, they would appear on each other's films, uh, on each other's uh, songs, you know, but never all of them together. Well, we could. I could name you a movie. We saw it where a beetle, a beetle made a movie. Another beetle showed up. Uh, you mean Ringo showing up for Paul? Yeah, for Give My Regards to Broad Street. Yeah. Absolutely right. Okay, now as you know, this is the third act, but this is a very, very, very bizarre scene. This is an act two kind of scene. This is a like. We're hiding so we can't be discovered scene. It's really smacks of act two, but it's not. Now, uh, the fiance has run off to get Pierre from the airfield and bring him here because this Nazi treasure will exonerate him. Okay, so the Marx Brothers idea is to delay, delay the count from leaving, delay the Nazi from leaving. It's really not an act three type of scene at all. It 
doesn't make sense. But here we are. It's funny. It is funny. Right. Yeah, I mean, you want to see them do the hijinks like that. Uh, no, but what jacket. I'm saying is, like, Act 3 is always about, like, it's about the car chase. It's about the ticking time bomb. It's about the contest, you know? Act 3 is the fight. It's the race. It's we've only got one hour before the bomb blows up. You know, Act 3 is always... Uh, well, when you when you hide in a trunk, it's because you're going to discover something, and that's going to propel the story. That's Act 2 stuff. Hiding in a trunk. Yeah. Hot <laughs> <laughs> causing chaos. But yeah, I mean, the Marx Brothers I always loved just because they're like chaos incarnate, you know, like it's yeah. always just, they're anarchists and it's great. And uh, fucking Bugs Money ripped off their act and made an empire. Bugs Bunny, I would see one of You know, he's like he's like Gracho and Chico and uh, Harper all mixed in one. He's he has that kind of well, he's chaos. Know, Gracho banter. Yeah, he could he kind of scams people like Chico and he bends the rules like Harpo, You know, when it comes to props and stuff. Mm-hmm. Although you know who I, I really feel bad for is the lemonade salesman and, and duck soup, the one where they put their feet in the, his lemonade. I always felt bad for that guy. I don't remember. Well, what happened? Well, they would like cut his tie and they would like light his hat on fire and they would uh, like he the guy shows up to his uh, lemonade stand and fucking Harpo has his feet. He's like sitting in the lemonade stand with his feet in the in the lemonade. You know, I I have seen every heart. Every Marx Brother movie, and I think that I remember other ones more than Duck Soup, I guess, even though that's the greatest one. Yeah. I loved when they went west and A Night at the Opera, and um... yeah, Night at the Opera, they're mostly on a boat. Like, they don't get to the opera till the third act, but the, the, the boat stuff is hysterical. I mean, that's what I always loved. Is and Day of the Races, you know, I saw that. Yeah, right. They're stowaways and two hard-boiled eggs. Honk, honk. Make that four boiled, hard-boiled eggs. Yeah, and there was the woman who's like, uh, you can't keep me cooped up in here. She was with the mobster. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and they did the, of course, the, they did the old mirror act. Uh. Well, that was, oh, and, and, and that one? No, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I guess so. I really like that. No, duck soup. <sighs> People think that Groucho you know, uh, is hysterical, but what they're doing is they're watching, like, the clips of him, the highlights, because he did... Right, oh, absolutely. He did have funny lines. He's a, In a regular movie, well, he, he tells so many not funny jokes. Well, they could have been funny back then. He's all about rhythm. He's all about cadence. He's all about a comic flow. Like, he has a comic rhythm to him that's undeniable, and... So it doesn't really matter sometimes if it's not like a, a killer joke. It's just uh, the way he, you know, he'll look in the camera and he'll say, can you believe that? Or, you know, like he'll just kind of go in and disrupt everyone. Duck Soup has all the great lines. 
And you're right that it could be that um, it, it culturally it was funny. And, and yeah. it's not a part of that culture. Right, yeah. I mean, sometimes he'll say, like, kind of a racist joke, and you go, whoa, where did that come from? Or, like, he'll do it. Uh, but it's more like, you know, just like it seemed like a joke at the time, like a reference to whatever. But Yeah. Dave and racists are in blackface, aren't they? Or they, they, they oh, find, like, but... a shanty town. I don't know. You know, I guess I, I've got to um... – I guess I got to revisit my Marx Brothers because I just remember bits and – you know, it's been a long life. I've, I have, I didn't sit down right. one day and marathon them, you know. I mean you bump into them and they're great. Uh, eventually you see them all. But I, I, I guess I – I only remember bits and pieces. Well, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, you know, the Montclair – we're from Montclair, New Jersey, both we of are. us, and Montclair's public library had a uh, great tech AV guy, like, and he would show movies, and he showed the Marx Brothers, and I forget which one it was, but I was probably 12, yeah. and I was there with some other friends from school, and my friends from school, you know, they laughed a bit, but they got up and left, and they came in and sat down. Mm-hmm. They got up and left, and they came back and sat down, and the, the, te- the tech guy, like, he was playing a projection, you know, back in the day, and he went up to us and said, don't ever walk in and out of a movie like that. It's a complete distraction. You're, you're ruining the experience. Yeah. And my friends never went back. I kept going back. I was like, cool. I didn't realize. <laughs> oh, bottoms up. And, and, and this is the worst thing. He thinks he's going crazy. This is the worst they can do. The guy's a Nazi. They're just driving him crazy. My drawers are down, sir. They're upside down. My drawers, sir. Hang on, let's table it. Uh, some Eve humor. Yeah, some Act Two humor in in Act Three. Well, does the movie end after this scene? Uh, no. The movie does turn into an Act Three situation. Uh, after this scene. Gotcha. Harpo. He's going mad. (laughs) It's impossible that they wouldn't have been found all this time. He would have never... You don't think a guy was... Yeah, right. His back is... Oh, that's a miracle. But honestly, these guys are a little bit older, so it's taking them twice as long to hide. Oh, there's all the treasure. Oh, I was hoping for booze when they said they had royal crown. <laughs> me. Okay. Oh, there we go. Now we're acting. He found his horn. All right. Now we're. Hey, come on, the boss. All about a chase. To the plane. Right. But that wasn't that the end of Casablanca? They had to get on that plane? Mm-hmm. Oh. Those poor old men. At the end of Casablanca, he says, like, he gives this speech, you know, forget Paris and 
it turns into like just you should YouTube the last scene of Casablanca. So many things that you've heard, including round up the usual suspects, uh, all these little catchphrases. That's where it came from. Yeah, I mean, I see the parody. You know, it was one of those pop culture references that I, I knew as a reference more than the actual thing. So I knew all the parodies of Casablanca and uh, all the like references and the looks and, you know, like. Uh, but I just never really, I saw the movie once and my friend had a film class and I went to see uh, the movie with her. That was it. That was like 30 years ago. Wow. But, you know, it's also like, you know, eat your spinach type of thing. Like if you haven't seen Citizen Kane, like why bother? That was you a know? great film. You're right. You Casablanca? need to see that film. You need to see Casablanca. Casablanca. There's many films that are need must see. Do not see a night in Citizen Kane. It's a Marx Brothers movie. <laughs> not see. Do not see. Do not see. Oh yeah. I used to love to play that game Nazi, and we used to love to play triple Nazi. Oh yeah, you would yell Nazi. Great. We'd roll the dice. Yeah, Nazi. <laughs> See, now oh man, these stunts are crazy. Back, They're like right? old guy jackass. What's that, Carl? I'm sorry. Now we're in the third act. I mean, look at this action. They're getting yeah. away. Catch them. Chase them. All <laughs> oh, right, they found the truck. Sorry, brothers only. <laughs> That's right. They can't. Oh, look at Chico. Off. It's his truck. Yeah. Only brother. You know, it's froze before military hose, that I would say. Froze. Or pose. He's the police. Froze before Poe. Po. Froze before Poe po -po. pose. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Talking about that. Sir. I got to catch my plane. Wow. Look at the special effects. You can barely see the screen. <laughs> Although this must be crazy having a truck drive alongside a plane. Now this is in a studio. Right. This seems like uh, I'm watching Indiana Jones 4, right? Where it's the crystal skull, where it's like, whatever, you're going to survive it. You're stuck <laughs> in the ladder, it looks like you're going to fall. Don't worry about it. You're at a nuclear bomb test site. Don't worry about it. You'll be yeah. in a fridge. Just get in the fridge. Did you remember there was a scene where, like, there's a two, they're on a Jeep and the Nazis are on a Jeep and they're punching, they're both standing while the Jeep is going through the jungle and they're, like, just standing, punching two guys at a time. Right. And it's just, like, who cares? I don't even, like, nothing matters anymore at that point. There's no tension. There's no, like. Right. You don't have you know, any like, fear. Like, you'll get knocked off. What happens to the woman? Did she faint? She got hit off right when they're fighting? She got bonked on the head. They both did. It misses it. You ever see the thin man? At one point, the husband uh, punches the, his wife in the face so she'll pass out and not be endangered during when a shooter shows up. Really? I have seen thin man yeah. movies. I, did, I don't remember that one. 
The first one was a little harsh, but yeah, that's what he did. It was delightful. Ah, uh, look at him. I'm making a louder joke. Right. I'm sorry, I would, I would not enter a plane that would have me as a member. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wrung my neck. <laughs> yeah. So they the hand... knock out the pilot, and then they realize yeah. we got no pilot. No, I oh, yeah. Oh, whistle. <laughs> what are you going to say? Rash? Crash? Plane's going to crash? Yeah. He's showing his ass. Harper's showing his ass. So they oh, that's a plane rash. Got... Plane crash. Oh, you're doing the charades? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So he'll point to his bare bottom and he'll say, hey, uh, plane, that's a plane rash. Plain, oh, rash. Crash. Yeah. I can't compete against the Marsh Brothers, Carl. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry now. I'm sorry now. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have conked you on the head. Now, of course, uh, it's uh, dog to pilot. Oh, another head concussion. Oh, there's Scarface. Oh, I gotta get my Nazi loot. Catch that plane. It's some hilarious stunts in this movie. Right. You know how it irks you how, like, there's a big crash, but we don't get to see it. We see the aftermath. You're right. It's going to happen here. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they going to do that? Uh, so they wrote well, I know, like. And he's going to save the day, but Harpo's not in on it. And he goes, huh? Bonk. <laughs> and this guy's <laughs> a great actor. Look, he does uh-huh. a great actor. He really looks like he has a concussion. <laughs> Doesn't that? The ringing. I've been hit on the head. In a small contained area like a plane, you do have to stand up and kind of walk a couple paces, find the spot. Uh Uh-oh. Well, ups and downs. The the problem is that the the plane's going to be fine, but the the in-flight movie is the Ritz Brothers. The what brothers? The Rich brothers. You ever see those guys? No, Rich R I C H R I T Z. R I T Z, like the crackers. Ritz brothers. No, I guess not. There, there were. I guess. Uh, oh, have you ever seen Brain Donors mm. with uh, John Turturro? And uh, it was like, it was a version of the Marx Brothers, but it, it wasn't like the Three Stooges movies where characters played the actual. Right. You know, iconic characters. It was just the archetype. So they had, like, Bob Nelson as, like, Harpo, and they had John Turturro as Groucho, and it was a Chico character, and they just kind of harassed the school. It's a really good movie. Oh, yeah? Brain Donors? Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, check it out. Like, it, it, Here's the crash. You know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. We didn't get... Thank you for flying Southwest. <laughs> We didn't get to see it. We saw after. Now oh, it went through the wall. Yeah. Now you know how Harpo chases the girls. 
at the end of this yeah. film, the, all three of them will chase the girl. Thank you. This is a horny movie. Right. They were, they were full-on horn dogs. You know who the hum, the horniest uh, Marsh Brothers was? It's Gummo. It was what? Gummo. Porno? Gum, <laughs> porno. Porno. <laughs> right, all right. I'll take that one. Look at this awful fake fighting. Look. Fake, burr, 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 burr. fake. Well, they're so old. When they sped it up, it looked like they were normal fighting. Mike, they're our age, Mike. I'm telling you, they're old. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait. We're not old. You're right. They're our age. And they're, this is normal stuff. I was up on the roof today. Oh. I'm not so old. He's caught. Nazi. Caught Nazi. He's being arrested for the murder oh. of the managers of the Casablanca Hotel. Nice. Caught. If this was Marathon Man, he would kill the woman who yells out his name and then run off. Oh. Harpo grew a beard this movie so long. Yeah. Oh, hey, Zeppo and his Zeppo's girl are kissing. True romance. Oh, they're all going to chase one girl? The brothers? Good. I thought I got her, but my other brother got her. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, that has been uh, cast of characters, Groucho, Harpo, and Charles Drake and the rest. Wow. Carl, what did you think of this movie? I enjoyed it, and I think the internet's wrong that it's bad. I think it's a regular uh, regular Marx Brothers film. No, Nothing was sacrificed here. I mean, it's not like a crackerjack of an amazing film, but it's great. I mean, and it's also great because if you've seen all the other Marx Brothers, it's just nice to see one they did like this in the same format that you just really haven't seen as much. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's just not overplayed to me. Like, I've I've seen all of them, so they, they, I haven't seen this one as much. They promised, you know, they promised a Marx Brothers movie, and we got all the bits that we're used to. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, sure, the writing is not on par with the other ones, but, you know, who gives a shit? All right, well, that has been our movie here at Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. Yeah, we we riffed, we MS3K'd the Marx Brothers, huh? Yeah. Fuck you, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> our head is still up our ass. Uh, Carl, I'm very excited. Uh, it's at the end of, the, of our show, and where can people find you? Uh, they can go to carlsucks.com, and someday this COVID will be over. And uh, we'll be back. And we can go out but meanwhile, check out carlsucks.com for Carl. And uh, we'll be back next Sunday. We're going to do a movie because we are in quarantine. We recorded an extra episode that we were going to play, and we're going to play it next week. But it's already on our YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, it's a film called Zero to Sixty. I think it was 1967, right? Uh, or, 1978. Oh, well, I beg my pardon. 1978. Uh, uh, Carl, would you like to do the trailer for it? Well, there is no trailer. Okay, I'll do the trailer. <clears throat> zero right. to 60, every gun it gone down to zero to 60. He was a he was a divorced guy who had hit rock bottom. Well, I'm telling you, I'm just so poor, you know. But he got a repo job and met a girl named Larry. Hey, come on! I only care about myself. 
And together they had mayhem as they trying to recover. Knocking over fruit truck. Knocking over fruit stand. Zoom. Car chase. Car chase. Tune in next time for Zero to Sixty. Zero to Sixty. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's the trailer to Zero to Sixty. Uh, if you can't wait, just go to our YouTube channel. Carl's already synced up this episode to the movie, and you can experience it as an audiovisual treat. Otherwise, check us out next Sunday here on MutinyRadio.fm on Sunday at 2 p.m. or on our podcast, where you can find it as L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We would love for you to subscribe and not listen. We just need the subscribers. No, yeah. Everyone, thank you so much. Uh, listen, you have to listen. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you should listen. Oh, right. Yeah, you got to listen. Otherwise, it will clock in, I think. Uh, no, because we love you. And we're glad you're listening. Thank you, Carl. What a great show. This was a great episode. We actually successfully, I guess, uh, tried to make fun of a funnier movie. Right. So, uh, yeah. And we will see everyone next week. Thank you, Pam Benjamin and Mutiny Radio. And uh, thanks, everyone. Did I miss anything? Uh, thank you, Mike. Thank you, audience. See you next oh. time. Yeah. Song, uh, my turn ons are satin sheets and the way champagne tickles my nose. And I love to paint outdoors. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl, the French duh, not the oh, oh, duh. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with more. Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento honestly is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders, board games all over the walls, trivia on Mondays, taco Tuesdays, first Wednesday live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket, March 1st through 5th.
Check out the schedule at www.notthenfls.com. Come take a seat. Staring did not go well. There wasn't love in place. Began her life in 
I say I think uh, Penn Teller, Penn and Teller, um, Penn of Penn and Teller. No, yes, the tall one, the uh -huh, tall one that uh -huh. talks. I think that's Penn is the one who says that uh, somebody had asked him like if he doesn't believe in a God then how does he not keep from raping and he's like I rape as much as I want to every yeah. day. <laughs> that's With the zero yeah. Raping. yeah, exactly. Aaron Atkins just joining us. Uh oh. Aaron Atkins, here we are, and some call me Tim. No, the other, this, do this one. Oh, you gotta, this is a better He knows mic. he's been here before. Uh, Aaron Atkins, Hello, look, deep, look deep into the eyes of Sparkle Jesus behind you. Do you believe in Jesus? Not as a deity, but as a person, yeah. Oh, okay. So he did walk the earth. April says no walking the earth. Never existed. Nah. Not a real guy. I no. believe that, too. I'm just giving the best at least real but definitely not magical it's just it's the human need to be tribal and it's easier to keep i think people kind of in line with things give them something to work towards and explain mysteries of life kind of all in one convenient package jesus is a nice convenient stuff. package yeah it's yeah. the current one and it's, it seems to be losing hold you know <laughs> who knows what the next one's gonna be yeah. We asked what we were saying yesterday is that religion just provides like meaning for people. And yeah. You, you need that meaning, you know. Otherwise, you're lost without it. Uh, yeah. What is your so? And that's the thing. It's, well, so this is funny. I grew up so Christian, and I used to watch movies. And if there was no God component, I'd like look up at my parents. I don't understand this movie. How are they living without Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Like, so how weird. are they even <laughs> finding any meaning? Or they have never mentioned him, not even once. How can this even be a story? Who are these characters? That's bizarre. Because I was <laughs> so, bizarre. like, yeah, sheltered and yeah. weird about, uh, just because my whole life was surrounded around this relationship with Jesus Christ, it was hard for me to imagine that he was without that. Crazy. Yeah, well, and for, and for me growing up, it was like, um, you know, like my, I remember my neighbors went to church all the time. Like the mom, the dad, and the two sons went to church all the time. And all my brothers and sisters always went to church with them. So by proxy, I went as well. How did you know they were going to church? Because they dressed up? Yeah. I mean, they were all just leaving the house as a group. They could have been going to Denny's. Uh, no, well, they were all leaving the house Denny's. as a group. They were all going to the same place. Okay. I know because I went with them. Okay, okay. And um, it was one of those things, like, I would sit back and I would watch how people would, like, put their hands up in the air and the slang back and forth. You could tell there was some feeling there. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was missing out on something. Like, I never... I just never got that. You never got the community. feels from Jesus. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, what is that? And so I, I was telling you earlier about the uh, paint can bead theory. Mm -hmm. um, this is not mine. This is from a, a gentleman named Vashon Bench, mm -hmm. so just to be clear. But basically he said that he, he is, his atheism is kind of like paint can beads uh, that are in a paint can. That he, he had the super religious, he had like an Episcopal dad preacher dad who was like snake, uh, snakes and tongues and all that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he says like all the pain is out of the paint can like the religion he does not believe in he's solidly an atheist but those paint cans and beads are still in there and every once in a while you know in the middle of the night you're laying there and they'll shake around and oh you mean like yeah. in a spray can yeah yeah oh so yeah. Tick -tick 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 yeah that's that's, that's that. a great little image yeah, that's the leftover part of that, and that's what wakes you up in the middle right, of the night. You've taken all the nitrous yes. out of the exactly. Right. <laughs> you've okay. used all the huffing agents right. out of the spray paint can, exactly. and what's left is that. Yeah, I get that. And that is the bead of 
religion that sticks, <laughs> that with, sticks you. with you. But I've never had that. You never had never. the bead. Never had How it. How do you find spirituality now? Not through I Christianity. Don't. I don't. I don't know what that means. Spirituality, like, you know, your connection to, like, a higher being or, like, the yeah. things around you in a metaphysical way? Mm. Not at all. No, I have no idea what that mm. means. Yeah, I've never felt that. Like, I was sent to church early, like, when my, uh, I had an uncle die, and I was at the church, and everybody started saying the Lord's Prayer, and um, my sister looked at me, and she, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know it. And I was, <laughs> me either. I was just kind of going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and my sister was, you don't know the Lord's Prayer. And I'm like, oh, I never felt necessary to. Are you a science girl then? Are you all about science? Well, no, because I was raised in the South and girls are taught to be stupid. Ah. So I, was, I got none of that. So to, 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 to backtrack, when you were in church with all those people and they're all singing things at the same time, you didn't feel the feelings? Mm-mm. Like, I just think I was embarrassed. But if there's 400 people and they're all singing the same song at the same time, there is something there. It's like being at a concert or something where you have this right. communal feeling because everyone's sort of experiencing the same thing at the same time, and there's this external, like, what is that? And I think some people call it God, but it could just be everybody singing the same note at the same time. It's everyone I just mean, vibing. It's the shared it's energy. They're just vibing. I was always um, embarrassed. Yeah. I always remember standing back and being embarrassed and, and like, what curious, like, what are these people? Dude, like, yeah. th- if, if I don't feel it, what, what bullshit are they? They're lying. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and they might be. Pentecostals believe that you don't truly become a Christian the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to you from the book of Acts where when the, the Holy Spirit came down after Jesus was resurrected and everyone spoke in tongues. So they believe that if you don't speak in tongues, you haven't fully accepted the Holy Spirit and therefore people speak in tongues a lot because that's how you prove that you're one with, you know. Interesting. Th- so you have to do the, and they're like, oh, they're speaking in tongues. And then somebody like, just, oh, I can I can translate Trans- this. Yeah. I speak the God language. And then it becomes this <laughs> sort of, right? That, but that's it's, very culty, but there's a reason behind it. And it's, I, I mean, it comes from the book of Acts. And it's like, really? the part yeah. that. I mean, Just were they in the story? They right, in the story, it was about um, when Jesus rose so. up and he said, okay, now you're going to spread it all out. Everybody go spread the word to everyone. And ev- the Holy Spirit entered them, and they all spoke in tongues, and they were other languages that they didn't know. So, like, you could send them off to the Romans, or you could send them off to Italy, or wherever. I mean, that's besides the point. The Greeks, whatever. But, but real languages. But real languages. Yeah. But were they? Because is the Bible just purely allegorical, or is it a real story? Did it really? I mean, so that's when we get into funky things where hmm. some people believe it is a historical text that is 100% true. Some people go, no. Great fiction. <laughs> Great science fiction. Yeah. I mean, it really is like a very well-written story, right? There's, there's, no. a, lot of, there's no. a lot of characters and element the development there. It just there's a lot of... Issues. <laughs> well, have you read Have you read Million Little Pieces by James Fry? That no, fake drug addict guy. Yeah. You know, disc, it's fake, but hey, man, it's a great story. I'm not gonna deny it. It's right. not real, but it's a pretty good story. Uh, it's, <laughs> they call it um, uh, fictionalized memoir. They came yeah. up after that book had a big with Oprah, and he's like, he's lying. <laughs> I I can't find that clip anywhere. That's the dress my white whale on the internet to mm. find Oprah bitching out James Fry for lying about <laughs> being an addict. 
had, well, the, the whole book, people got all up in arms about it, and so they kind of started a new genre called fictionalized memoir, hmm. so that you can get away with not lying. having it be yeah, real. Yeah, because <laughs> you get away with lying. That's fine. Yeah. But you know, there are there are many Oh, right, I remember that one. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and they could have so? used lenses or. Um, it would require um, as as you read it, you kept saying to my lens. Oh. It was yeah. magic. Uh, yeah, yes. see, like we were saying, actually, the so first depictions of Jesus were with the wand. But this they used was, a magician. This was something that they used Great to prove game. that God was real. And it was. Uh huh. It was science. Mm. <laughs> well, it's always science in well, the there end. Was, yeah. I always thought that way about the parting of the Red Sea in the Old Testament when the Jews were escaping the Pharaoh and Moses was leading them into the new land. That's in that and place. he parts the Red Sea. Well, maybe it was low tide or maybe there was some <laughs> weird like maybe there earthquake was a or something. Getting ready yeah. to happen. A tsunami getting ready to happen. It they all got sucked out. Away, and it's a they crossed and then crashed in. That could still, wouldn't there be more people writing about it, though? Wouldn't there be more people like, dude, this fool just split an ocean in half, but no one wrote anything down. Everyone was just like, that was crazy. Let's keep doing whatever we're doing. Well, maybe <laughs> they did, but, th I mean, they just don't have preservation, the preservation abilities that we have now. But we still have tablets from, like, the ancient Aramaic. But I feel like we would see at least one from, like, the plague or anything and corroborating we tablets anything. tablets from well before uh, the Bible was. Describing the first flood, that was I think it was Well, the the flood they say with the Noah and the flood that that the ark still lives on Mount Ararat, like that that they found the ark and it's on Mount Ararat, and they they let us see it. Well, that's the thing too, is that now with all of the uh, ice caps melting and everything. It should melt away, and we should be able to we see it. It's just yeah. there. Yeah. Um, Show me. Air Force pilots. Um, right. So uh, I've seen, and I've seen like pictures. They say they've done like 3D imaging or like some kind of thing. That there it is atop oh. this mountain. Um, I think it was. I want to see it. Yeah. I think most of the glory. Right. The in the Old Testament, Testament the Torah, the same. On. Well, they're the well, yeah. The old, we share. Well, it depends on which also translations you go to. So you start, right. the New Testament was in Aramaic, what was the Old Testament in, what was being passed down, and when you change, every time you change linguistically from, from you know, from uh, language to language, or even now when we have the King James Version, that's in English, but then you also have that the National, the NIV Version, and you have the LIV, you have all these different versions, and they change words around like crazy times. If you think yeah. about... Um, the Greeks have like 19 words for love, and then if you look at the word love and filial love, like brotherly love, or like love, love. So just even etymologically, it seems silly that we're still working with it, believing yeah. it. Like, oh, this and is translated so many times, right? Yeah, like yeah. so many times. But when you look at the very first 
original but what it has to do with right yeah. right mm. to fall short of a goal is so such a terrible thing because that happens all the yeah, time yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like every time we shit on stage yeah right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just lowered that wasn't my goal I've learned through <laughs> I've learned through times that uh Goals are like expectations, and it's better if you just go low. <laughs> yeah. then, and then it's like, oh, I succeeded. <laughs> my, my list in the morning looks like, it's like wake up, brush teeth. <laughs> I could cross things out. I'm like, look, <laughs> I accomplished it. I woke up. <laughs> Yay, one thing crossed <laughs> off my list. <laughs> brush teeth. Okay. We I didn't spend it. too many spoons today. Yeah. It's <laughs> nice to wake up happy that you woke up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wow, I just what, are, what yeah. are the goals? I try to keep my goals like... Because if I well, ever have been days, this morning my cat shit on the couch that I was sleeping on. Yeah. I was sleeping on. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, your cat is mad at you? No, I don't know. I did. I just woke up. No, trust over your cat is mad at you. <laughs> Why? How yeah, long has it been anything? since you've seen this cat? It's been about, I guess, three, four months. He always, it acts like he doesn't remember me. He actually doesn't remember me. I picked him out of the shelter. He's still, he's my dad's best friend. He doesn't well, he's mad yes. at you. He that is definitely yeah, mad at you. Yeah, he's mad at me for yeah. something. He left. Yeah. yeah. And so now he's giving me the cold shot. He's found someone else. <laughs> found my and he's, poop he's pooping. He be you. pooping. How old is he? It might be a health problem. <laughs> no, he's young. He's like three? He's like oh, four yeah. now. Yeah, he's regular. Yeah, that's a fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. Cat I woke up and I was like, did I do that? Trust, I know bullshit. I convinced him. Oh dear lord, you're oh. having him throw poop around. <laughs> that's that's comical. They were playing frisbee with cow pie. Do you <laughs> believe do you believe cats have a soul? Aaron, do you believe cats have a soul? Yeah, I think cats have a soul. I think consciousness is that's why I think there's like the universal consciousness. We all have the same consciousness, different like brains and stuff, but cats have the same consciousness. We are one. Yeah. So Just not the ability to like process one. it the same way. So whales have consciousness. Yeah, have you seen a whale's eye? This morning, I was telling you about this. I, I, when I talk about shit that I see on Reddit, no one else has ever seen it. It's not interesting inherently. I get it. But on Reddit this morning, <laughs> I saw a, a fucking guy was like going up with this whale and just whale's eye. I've never seen a whale's eye. It looks just like a human eye. Wow. Just, look, just looking around and shit. Mm, they're just gigantic. They're mammals. They're big, yeah. yeah. Thinking I think about everything is part of the consciousness. Even mm. like flies. Sure. Flies have consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. But they just process it on such a quote-unquote lower. I just feel like it's much smaller. I feel like humans have taken themselves out of the the natural flow of things, though. Have it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm criminalized the natural life. I'm I'm really starting to kind of come around to the idea that we might actually be in that that what do they call it the sixth extinction. Phase on the earth. Sixth extinction. There's a there's a theory that. The Earth has had people on it, and we've gone extinct, <gasps> or almost extinct, almost six times. No, uh, I love this theory. I've never heard five this. times, <laughs> and this is the sixth one well, coming. Oh, I love that. Mm. I believe that we are the seventh, seventh species. Okay, okay. I, I prescribe to that. First, to that dibs. They were first. <laughs> but so, so like there have archaeological. So they were like not the um, first humans. But like so, like the Neanderthals so. were a pre-incarnation of what we are. Right. Yeah. But they're completely different. We know that their bones and brains and stuff are completely different but than us. But they are. We have all been. I feel like I'm gonna. Like 
so did Joe Rogan. <laughs> you do DMT? <laughs> <We> <laughs> <have> <laughs> I believe we understand <laughs> the species of man. <laughs> <laughs> We're the seven, so there have been, so you think there have been seven incarnations from like the first. Between Neanderthals and right. before. And Damn. And so like what, every thousand years we're kind of all new anyway. I mean, I guess no, that makes sense. Even a hundred years because I, I saw that. beds. I was I saw some historical beds from like the nineteen hundreds in a house that was like this is a house they lived in. And they were tiny. People yeah. were tiny. We have better nutrition. People were like oh, yeah. short and t- their beds were like like a like a, a regular man was like my size, like five five. The, they were small beds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, Napoleon How was is not that? short. That was and that yeah. was like nutrition in at, at Because when you are not able to um, help, you're not getting love. Yeah. Right. That is why my grandfather was a Oh, he was a he, ha- he was a sick child. Oh, mm. wow. Th- during the Depression or something? Um, I know he was Oh, okay. So well, that yeah, he was he probably a Depression, born, depression yeah, he was born baby. born during yeah, the Depression. Sure. Yeah, my mom was born in 36. And my, and, and my dad was just a few years older, and yeah. he served in Nor- Vietnam and, and Korea. I grew up vegan. My, I grew up eating fucking couscous. I was supposed to be 6'2". I'm 5'10". <laughs> I'm 5'10", dude. Quinoa, fucking quinoa did it. Did I you grew up on a pig I'm farm. I'm not saying DNA doesn't play a factor, <laughs> it, yeah. but um, I'm saying poor nutrition. Definitely. And that's what's that's so why sad. I they yes. And that's so important. Just these like pouches in Africa, these little vitamin pouches have all these things. Sorry, go on. No, 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 y'all are right. No, I mean, you were talking about growing it like, but on the other side of it, there's like, I grew up on a farm uh, eating, um, you know, uh, chicken, fresh chicken and fresh mm. eggs off the farm. And my mm. mom, we had the pigs and stuff that we Me slaughtered. Too. So. We're oh, we're little potato people. Like we're all Irish, <laughs> and like we look like little potatoes. We're, and my brother used to describe the women in our family as stout, round, and close to the ground. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> so we're little <laughs> farm working, farm working women. April, I are. love it. Where, where in the south are you from? I'm from Rome, Georgia. Rome, Georgia. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that is that close to um close to Athens? I think. I know Athens. Mm, no, yeah, that's it's where about from. it's about three hours north. Okay. Yeah, Three or four hours north. Yeah. My my buddy's my buddy's father uh, was a professor at the college in Athens. Yeah. Whatever that is. Uh, UG, UG, right? UG, he was a, yeah, he yeah. Was a professor B-52s. of theoretical chemistry. What the fuck does that even mean? What is theoretical <laughs> chemistry? I'd look at his books sometimes. He's like, I w- my friend Charlotte would be like, he wrote this book, and I'm like looking at it, like <laughs> this is like, this is this not makes English. No words. No. These are English <laughs> words, but it it doesn't make any sense at all. They're just numbers. And you know, when you said know. that uh, you had asked if I was a science person, I should I should say that I, w- I didn't try to educate myself during my primary years, but yes, I am, an, uh, like, I will go with the best <laughs> science of the moment. Did you just burn your yeah, eyelash I off? Blue fucking just <laughs> I just blew smoke weed, weed ash into my eye. Oh, my God. That's some farm effect right there. Yeah, You'll get never get up. corona. That, <laughs> that better get me so faded. <laughs> <laughs> I will Crossfade the yeah. the key right into I, your eye. I'm, I'm sorry, but you're sa- you're science person. You do science stuff now, or are you? Well, uh, no, I'm just saying that. Yeah, I'm, I try to go with the best science that's available to us. Is to 
consumers that I can. I mean, yeah. I'm not. I read MSN. Yeah, I'm not. A, yeah. <laughs> a I'm not exactly creation. a research scientist. I'm not going to say. Yeah, no, I didn't go for that sort of education. So. I believe in creation. I don't know much about creation. Believe in like divine creation? No. Oh, creation. No, I I believe in creation, evolving. Oh, hell yeah. Well, see, now yeah, here's the thing great, about. I think it's well written. Here's yeah. the thing Hopefully about the great. Here's the thing about the great story and the way that it can work for creationists if they choose to believe. God created the world in seven days, right? Uh, we wrote it down. But what is a God day? How long is a God day? A God day. God doesn't understand time. God doesn't know time. God, yeah. God's outside of time. So, uh, for us, the hubris of us to put a man-made construct on something that we can't possibly understand. Oh yeah, days. gender too on God. That's well, so sure, weird. exactly, gender. But fuck? so, if we say, oh well, sense. the earth maybe the world was created in seven days, maybe seven God days. God's yeah. days could be five hundred billion years. Light years. Yeah, we have no idea what a God relative. day is because what is fucking God? But that's the only. If creationists sold me that line, I'd be like, okay, fine. Maybe, because then I feel like you're sort of still buying into the science of right. the Earth yeah. was not created in seven days. No, no, like, but it some people was created that. over the course of you know. I mean, I believe yeah. in the all that. I believe that you know. I certainly do not believe. I do not yeah. believe that Adam and Eve. I think a lot of. Yeah, I think some of it actually happened that they just got like mythologized. Yeah, like, that's what humans. Yeah. humans are wired for story. Like mm -hmm. I said, yeah. Homer yeah. was more mm -hmm. accurate. Yeah, well, yeah. Also, we have to think about the no one knew how to read. Yeah. The only people that knew how to read were the priests. Comics. Doing a little set, doing a little ten-minute God set. But it was all—it was a—it was auditorily passed down, right. and the easiest way to remember things was through story because you have yeah. a story arc. It's Meaning. easier to remember because you're going from one place to another in your and because you were doing it. It right. was an auditory passing. No one knew how to read. No yeah. one right. knew how to read. Yeah. Right. Not so women. Not men. Nobody. Yeah. It was passed on just like Homer was taught because mm -hmm. Homer was really but he was more accurate than those who passed down those stories because we know we've watched Uncle Sam of what we supposed to how things got corrupted. Yeah, right? sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, well, also, what? also right. on a so on a metaphysical that. on a metaphysical level, every time you revisit a memory, that memory changes. Memories you, are real. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're real, but they're so, they're sibs. They're, they're so real, valuable. but they're constantly malleable. They're constantly changing, and they do change every time because w when we better. revisit a memory, we're revisiting it from a different point in our life. We have a different perspective on said memory. Therefore, the memory that we're visiting, although it's the same, is different. Right. So every time we remember anything, we're actually changing the memory. And then you have to consider, like, what we do as comics, we actually will move information around to make a point more interesting how to our audience. So sure. that that fucks with your memories too, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Like sometimes I you know, I growing up with you remember I told you um 
my mom was 36 when she had me, but yeah, I had yes. four siblings uh, older than me, 18, 16, 14, and 12 when I was born. Yeah. Oh. Built-in yeah. babysitters. Yeah. Oh, that's older. Yeah, way Irish, older. Uh, yeah, very <laughs> much Irish genes, 66%. Um, yeah, and the other tw- uh, other 33% is uh, Swedish and European, like mm. England, that, mm. that area. So, um, but the, the but my, my brothers and sisters, like, I would hear my brother Johnny. I would be hanging out with him, and he would tell me a story about something that happened before I was born. And then later I'd be hanging out with Deborah, and Deborah would tell me the same story, but it would be just a little different. <laughs> yes. She was either the person who was in charge in the story or the hero or whatever, and then I would hear my sister Sherry tell a story, and sh- it would be just slightly bent yeah. to her, and yeah. I'm like, huh. So Perspective. Yeah, it's really, yeah, I was really uh, aware of perspective that's of story a that's long time ago. Perspective is like the thing that takes the longest to, or at least for me, to grasp and like nurture and stuff like that. I mean, to, I mean, you know, understand that it's coming from this person, but understand how that changes with different tellings. Oh, it's yeah. kind of interesting. Well, it takes forever. Well, what the reason I'm so conscious of it is because uh, I did the whole 23andMe uh, thing to find out what my heritage was because... There was a story of Native Americans in our family. Ah, uh, that all right, Elizabeth Warren. Right? Get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So I have always heard these stories, right? And there's the story of this Native American dude that came into Georgia and fell in love with, like, a great, 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 great grandmother, asked for a hand in marriage. Dad said no, stole her away, came back later, said no, stole her away, came back later. Too bad, married her anyway. All right. So... Everybody in my family is see-through. We are born with blonde or red hair, blue eyes or green eyes, and we're see-through. There is so no. Where is where see. is Uncle Redfeather? <laughs> right. Where so is where Grandpa? Is big Grandpa Redfeather. Redfeather. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where is he? Moved to see is he? Like I don't know. Several greats. Yeah. And, and honestly, I, c- I couldn't tell you what the truth is. Mm. So and is there any Native American blood in your 23 Zero. Zero is a lie. Zero. My mother but checking see, I my past. Your parents are liars. Yeah. My see, mother I has always that said that. My mother has always said that there was no blood in my family. Mm. And I, I guarantee you there's no well, you got to do that 23 and me. See if your mom will find now, it. Now, there is. It's, it's more myths. It's more stories. Uh, now, here it's there is. The government already has it. Nobody else needs it. Yeah, there fair, is a fair, scientific fair, caveat fair. to my 23 and me, though. It's not the complete story because I only have the maternal side. I don't carry my dad's Ooh. genes. So, so I need. There's still a chance. There's still a chance. And I cannot get my brother or any of his kids to take the test. Why to not? I don't think they want to know the truth. Oh. They'd rather keep the story. I'd rather keep. They they'd rather keep all the truth. They'd rather keep the story. You know what? I have a I have a friend here in San Francisco whose mother is Native American, and she she came up not the mother, but my friend was saying that maybe it's one of those things where you can kind of offset some guilt about the atrocities that occurred. Oh, that if you're part sure. of that group, sure, sure, right. you know. Right. So no, it's uh, hey, I get it, I get that. Yeah. So I'm I got a, a lot of white guilt. I'm a quarter Asian. Yeah. I'm fully one quarter. I think that's. I always thought that was enough to be like, I'm mixed, but because I present so like white, that oh, it doesn't you really like, I can't. You I should know. Very white. But my cousin, who's also a quarter Asian, she looks fully Filipino. She doesn't look like Asian. It's still like because she's you know she gets she's more t- uh, tan skin than I well, am. She's you know, hazel eyes. Right? There is Spanish. True. We're not Spanish. So, Scottish. so you're. I thought you were part Chinese. Yeah. Well, okay. Oh, okay. We're Scottish and, and Chinese. 
So I'm sorry. I, I should heard let Filipino. You... I assume that she was... looks Filipino. Okay. Because she's a quarter Asian. That's what okay. I would see. I look Asian. But you have the you have the pretty eyes. So I should tell you that I, my boyfriend was giving me a ride here in the morning, and he was saying, he was saying, which one of those? He said there was one comic because I always say that he's oh they're too good looking to be a comic, and he brought you up. He's like the one. He's <laughs> so good looking. Why is he not a oh, model? He was Thank like, I, I was like, I know he's got these these cute little dimples and the Aww. widespread eyes. And he was like, he's got these high cheekbones. I'm like, I know, making right? me blush. He looks <laughs> like oh, but his he was nickname saying, should oh, be God. Trip. But he <laughs> was <laughs> Trip. Well, that is you're a so nickname for people who are the third. Third. Oh, oh yeah, triple. Yeah, I got quadruple. But you're you're oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, even worse. Got yeah, it. it is worse. I I can't repeat it. Either. You're so but tall and striking because of. Your eyes are wide set, you. your facial structure and your bones and stuff. And he was like, why is he not modeling? And I was like, I don't know. He's in Chicago. Maybe he well, should like get some pictures you. done or something. I, I did actually try to model for a couple seconds, and that shit sucks. Oh yeah, my really? God, it really it's hard. sucks. Is it soul-sucking? It, it makes it's you feel so, like... What is it? Like, look, I like... I, I, I'm very glad that people think that I'm good looking. It makes me feel good. Thank you, you know? Uh, also, I, But I don't like that being... I don't even like leaning into it too much. I don't like it being a part of my identity. So much in the in Why? people that I worked with as model. I mean, I like it. No, I'll tell you, I like it, but I still like it. Doesn't form as forms how other people see me. I can't see myself as a know? reformed hot girl. I'm offended. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I just didn't want to. And, and people that are and, and all the models that I worked with because I did it like casual for like two a couple weeks, maybe like a month. Casual were, model. That's the name of your band. <laughs> casual casual model. That is yeah yeah I like that. It's like ska. <laughs> they they all but they all identify like as hot people. As models and like as smoldery people, when I smolder for a photo, like I I can't look at a photo of myself. And be like <laughs> oh, it's just so like it's awful. It's, it's cringy. Oh. It's cringy. And same it's for all these like music. I want to be a comedian too because musicians do the same thing where they have to be like smoldery and like and sad and brooding yeah, and it's just I'm trying to be like hot or whatever. And I just don't like that as a comedian. Well, personally, sure. it really wasn't part you. of my thank identity. For, yeah, <laughs> I really. Mm. Must be nice. There is a, yeah, there is a privilege. <laughs> that. that might be part of it, just trying to be like, I'm not that person. There is a privilege. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. And yes. I worked it, and I didn't have to work it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so does anybody subscribe to anything now as a specific religion? You're a little Buddhist, right? Not really. Not really. No, no. I don't. I don't feel like I can. I don't meditate or anything. I just like the ideas. Okay. Like, I believe like you're ideally. a philosopher. You're modern day philosopher. Oh, okay. and I, yeah, I guess I, I like to read uh, books and see what ideas not necessarily like a study. I have three favorite authors. Top three. Top three favorite authors. Can you make me sound pretentious on the radio? Yeah, hell yeah. This, this is NPR for a yeah. second. I'm going to say. <laughs> you, those I'm gloves are too gross. pretentious for this poem. <laughs> uh, Annie Pruel, amazing. She wrote The Shipping News. She also wrote Brokeback Mountain. Oh, all She's right. She's amazing. <laughs> Uh, Albert Camus, he's amazing. Oh yeah, sure. Um, and it's just three, right? It's just three. Yeah, Le yeah. Le Plage. Um, I would say the last one would be Jean-Paul Sartre. Oh, so, yeah. Jean-Paul Sartre. So here's a, deep cut. here's a deep cut on Jean-Paul Sartre, and I'm wondering if you've read it. He wrote a play in the '40s called "The Respectful Prostitute." Do you know about mm, this? No, I, I do not. Okay, this is a play he wrote, and he wrote it about racial relationships in the United States, and mm. it was based off. A real story about a black guy on a train getting blamed for yeah. raping a white woman, but she he never did that, and it was because the white guys on the train actually shot his friend, and then they were related to a senator. So, anyways, it's this story about how they get this prostitute who's 
on the train who saw the whole thing. They say the black guy raped her and how they twisted around with money and all these things happen and she meets him and it's this amazing play. And I wanted to redo it here at Mutiny Radio as for like Black History Month and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I couldn't get any comedians and actors because they're like, there's too much N-word and this is just too real Ooh. right now. And I'm like, this is written by Jean-Paul Sartre in the 40s. You can't run away from it. And it, it's a it's a crazy, crazy play. People and are it's trying amazing. to strip yeah. Black. Yeah. You know? They're like, oh, they have taken Wilder's oh. Created in her honor, yeah, because of the taking of her life. But that was what was taught to her from the time. Right, and there's yeah, some blackface in a little town. In little town on the prairie, at the end, there's a mistral show that they're in, and there's blackface and pa, and everyone's mm-hmm. in blackface, and there's a picture of it, and yeah. they're all jigging around, and they have blackface. Yeah. It's pretty. It's it's brutal. It, but it, she wrote, but it's her but experiences it's, it's that she's writing about from 1846, right. 18. 76, yeah. you know, all that you kind of timing. There's yeah. the people and what they were taught. There's, well, there. We have to acknowledge the past and what it was. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fucked up. Yeah. Context of it. Without putting a judgment on it. Well, yeah. I love Laura Ingalls Wilder, and there's a cookbook that I have, which is all the anything that's in Laura Ingalls Wilder's books, and they put it in the cookbook and how you make it. And wow, it is hard to make cheese. <laughs> uh, but it, I love this book. It's like all old timey making bread from. It's anyways. I'm obsessed with Laura Ingalls <laughs> Wilder. I always have been. I I would love to be a homesteader. I totally idealize that that time in America when really we're working. It was like subsistence farming was the goal, and now we're like so far removed from that mentality of hard work and I am yeah. such a pampered princess like the moment shit hits the fan I'm gonna <laughs> have to take the cyanide pill I really am <laughs> I, drink the Kool-Aid. I can't survive oh I can't wait till this shit goes down I need oh. AC I see and I'm sorry I'm amazed how many people are yeah. um, stockpiling bullets <laughs> 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 Not, and and they're, they're, they're taking care of the guns part, but they're not thinking about that fact that the You oh, know, and so true. anytime somebody represents the flag, I'm a country woman. Yeah, let me tell you all the things. Oh, I'm not yeah, going to. are going to survive. <laughs> <laughs> Only the southern United States is going to be around. I don't know if I'm going to survive or not. I don't know if I plan on tucking away. We'll decide. On what happens. I'm, yeah. I have my whole apocalypse plan in play, <laughs> and you're welcome to join me. Mm. There's a house. It's a beautiful house, and it was built in late 1800s. Survived the first earthquake and the second, really, if you think about it. Survived the, the earthquake of 89 as well. Mm. And it is like a four-story, uh, beautiful Victorian home. And it has a basement and a backyard and a rooftop. And it's filled right <coughs> now. And it's all refurbished and gorgeous with this blocked wallpaper and all these inlays and just this gorgeous banister it's this amazing like mansion Jesus. but what's inside of it is lawyers oh yeah lawyers <laughs> motherfuckers from from Antioch or Walnut Creek Danville they ain't coming in in the apocalypse that is my house now that is my <laughs> you know house lawyers ain't coming back gonna put it on the rooftop deck I'm gonna have a pigeon coop I'm gonna be friends with pigeons I'm gonna be like feeding them and 
petting them and then taking them off in the corner and murdering them and eating them, saving their feathers. I'm gonna have chickens in the back. I need some sniper rifles on the roof. <laughs> digging pits out of apples, no, going. I gotta make some more as fucking arsenic. I get the <laughs> hell out of here. There are some scenarios where the only possible I answer that makes sense is crack open a beer and see. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, fuck we that. don't <laughs> know how it's all gonna end. No, we don't know. There are so many possibilities, yeah. and therefore there are so many possibilities on what I'm gonna do. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna take. You're welcome to join me. It's it's on Eddie and and uh, Van Ness. Uh, just over the, like the market line, uh, it's up on the, it's up on a hill, so it's great for sniper rifleists to be able to keep people away. I'm gonna say there's a backyard. Or train me. There's there's a there's a there's a basement, so if we have to work with any of our own electrical, we've got a rooftop, so we can do solar. They're uh, neighbors. Well, yeah, but it's Ooh. fine. It's fine. It's a big big old building, and I I think that we'll just turn it into a big like poly sex thing because everyone's gonna die anyway, so we <laughs> might as well just fuck our way out, right? <laughs> Like, we gotta start. Gonna human race starts here. We're gonna stockpile all the DMT and all the molly. <laughs> and we're just gonna be like, start a podcast. Start a twenty-four hour podcast. Get Joe Rogan in there. Get Joe Rogan. <laughs> we we'll entertain for like thirteen hours. I know. Later. I can still listen to him for sh- you know, a months. lot of a lot of the Colorado mountains taken up by Richmond. They're bunkers. Yeah. Yeah. New Zealand. They are prepared. Or when rise up. Ah, but we're coming for you. Here's what they're not thinking about. Um, the housekeeper, the groundskeeper, they're on our side. Yeah. They have the gate code. It's like <laughs> it's like they know the weaknesses to gates. your security mm-hmm. system. I know. We're getting in. <laughs> have well, you seen Parasite, though? They, <laughs> the poor fight against, we fight against each other. I haven't seen a new movie. Parasite so is about that. I I am so driven at the comedy right now is that about any time I take a night that. off from True. performing, I'm going and watching other people perform. Oh, that's, that's you know, And I'm learning Supporting from the, yeah. the people who are better than me. That way I can get better and learn from them. Amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm the exact the opposite, I think. Like I came in with a meeting and I was just moping and turned my brain <laughs> off entirely. It's so bad. You're, 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 Reddit, you're Reddit obsessed. I'm just fine. I just have to turn off my brain after a day because I I know some comics like like as far as like I was supporting my friends I always support my friends when I get into these shows but like even watching comedy when you get home you know I feel like some comics they get home they're like oh I'd love to watch relax and watch a Santa special some comics can't be around it at all you know just kind of relax and get away from things yeah I definitely when I unplug I watch vapid stupid things and yeah. usually fall asleep pretty yeah. quickly yeah I'm addic- I find I'm addicted. I spend about six hours. Yeah, but then I, I mean, I hit the shows. But it's when you get home. Yeah. So, for example, so like I last have no time. Yeah, but last yeah. night I got home at eleven, and I was I couldn't fall asleep yet. Yeah. And so I've been watching the Johnny Depp Sweeney Todd, mm-hmm. like in little snippets. I was I was yeah. in Sweeney Todd years ago, so I and I, I love that musical, and so I'm just watching. But I have to have at least twenty minutes where I just zone no out. Brain. Before yeah. I try to lay down and zone out, because right. if I don't give myself that unplug time, then I'm just gonna lay in bed and be circularly thinking about every weird, the shitty thing I did. Yeah. That's yeah. what Tigger's yeah. for. Oh. Turn that brain yeah. off. I That's have it. that. Aww. He is yeah. a therapy dog trainer. If I get too focused, he comes and gets me. Well, that's nice. You know? 
I still oh, no. I need We're I need playing tug now. I need like need 20 minutes down. before I get unplugged for the yeah. night. Otherwise, I just I lay there anyways. I'm addicted to TikTok. Right. That's fine. I just brain off. Yeah. Strolls, oh, strolls, my strolls. Strolls. I oh, TikTok oh, dance yesterday. They tried yesterday. to teach us the TikTok dance the, yesterday. The say so one. My phone doesn't go in the bedroom unless I'm using it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We did and then you get the and a. I want to do wow. Renegade today. Too. Hey, I'm a 47-year-old woman pulling this weird shit. <laughs> like, it's a weird language. I'm, so, I'm, I watched two kids on the on the train today talk to each other in this, like, dancing like, and grunts and laughs and then just, just cutting their eyes. And say, yeah, and it's weird. a whole conversation happened, and I... Were you high enough to understand? No. Sometimes, <laughs> this one time, I took too much, I took too much CBD tincture to try to, like, see what the... Try to see what the, the parameters right. and the limits of CBD were. Uh-huh. So I took about like 150 milligrams of CBD tincture to no, the dome. Did it, does it do anything? Oh, even? fuck yeah, really? it did. My point is that I was, list- I don't speak Spanish, and I was on the bus, and there were two people, <laughs> there were two people fighting in Spanish, and I understood everything. <laughs> like there were little thought bubbles above their head with words saying <laughs> things. Of, I understood Spanish. I was so high, I understood Spanish. Then I was hanging out with a three year old. And I was like, fuck, I might be too high to hang out with this three-year-old. But I took him to a house where there was a cat. And the cat's friend had just died. And the cat started talking to us. <laughs> meow, meow, meow. The cat is meowing. And I'm speaking cat at this point. And the child is saying, what is the kitty saying? And I'm like, the kitty is very sad about his friend dying. And he's telling us. The cat is talking to the child. And I'm the interpreter. And I attribute this 100% to 150 <laughs> milligrams of CBD. That's and these amazing. little CBDs can't get you high. Motherfucker, you have not you just done haven't it. had not enough. enough. You have it. not <laughs> done enough. You will understand. It'll it'll pull the veil off the whole world. Like you're like <laughs> Your ah, it's, well exactly because how you're long so did that last? Maybe I three like hours. Okay, three three hours. You're so present. That's the thing that happens with CBD. Like you're so the past doesn't, and that's why it works for PTSD. The past so doesn't matter. The future doesn't matter. It's all about the now. Then when you're in the now so hard, you understand things about the now that you never saw before, like cats talking to small children <laughs> and understanding <laughs> Spanish. I was the small out. child with, with all the animals. Talk about that. I have no problem going to the zoo. Oh, yeah. Because I had conversations with all my animals. Oh, I talk to my cats all the time. I, I can absolutely I, see that. Even as much as I hated that. <laughs> goats are great. Love goats. Love Not goats. when they're named Billy. Well, I love to eat goats. Because they're so unoriginal. I love, uh, goat is probably my, my favorite meat. My name is meat. Billy Joe. No, Billy Goats. I know. The what? goat's name was Billy. Like a Billy Goat? A Billy Goat. So to bring goats <laughs> back to religion, why are goats so demonized and we call them satanic? I don't know. What is it about hooved animals that uh, are, you know, demonized a lot, like pigs and, and that sort of thing? Like, Right. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. I really don't know. I've, I've never understood that at all. I mean, I understand how, like, the goat image with the billy goat symbol works out with the five-pointed right, right, right. star. Right, the five-pointed star looks like a goat, sure. I get that, but I mean, I can see that about as well as I can see Orion's belt in the sky. But do we demonize the goat because they have, because they, they have rectangular pupils and they look weird? Oh, that's a possibility. What it's are goat. these two going I on about? Know, something what about is ha- something I'm is to understand happening? the Billy Goat thing because I'm really oh. confused. <laughs> I explained to him that I hate being called Billy because that was the name of the cat. 
goat. And That's why you're Billy Joe. Yes. Right. Oh, okay. And okay. I don't, I don't think he's getting it. People confused me for the goat in my parents' story. Oh wow! Oh. I hate that, oh, that goat. Is. Oh, that's funny. Okay. You were the goat of all the stories. Ha ha! But greatest of all time. <laughs> I got blamed I for eating thing. everything. Ha ha ha! I mean, Makes people sense. just did not understand. They're so, like, and and this is something people don't understand, and this has goes back to science: is that if we could just feed goats weed and then steal their breast milk, we could make we could put THC into goat cheese. And I don't know why we're not doing this yet, Davis. <laughs> you see, Davis. You dummies, why can't you get on this? I want it. We need to put weed in the cheese. You put THC in really easy. Yeah, but you can also do it through the, you could use through the, the, through the animal. So if oh. you took all of your trash weed, if you took all of your stems and all of your bullshit, and you fed it to sheep or sheep, I'm sorry, sheep or goat, goats, a herd, whatever. Shepherds. Um, if you, they lactate and you milk them, all of the cannabinoids come out in their, in their excretions. That would make some amazing manchego. Right? Yeah, exactly. that really would. <laughs> I just don't understand. This is one of my, my million-dollar ideas, and I'm like, why is – I'm not the smartest person alive. Somebody has to have already thought of this. And because it, it, there's oh, been somebody? studies about breast milk and THC and why it goes it, – it leaches through, and you can't get rid of it because it's fat-soluble, it's and it, soluble. it's 22 days in your system, so you shouldn't, like, smoke pot and breastfeed a child mm. because you're totally giving yourself cannabinoids. Yeah. And they can – retard certain things about their growth mm. and but we can take if we know that that works then the transitive property is that it works with animals so why aren't mm. we feeding all of our ruminant animals motherfucking weed true that's a good idea that's the that's the, that's the long game right, for edibles there you go the yeah oh my god ice cream yes instead of having to add the weed to a fat and then add that to your ice cream you could just Go straight from the source. It's oh, yeah. the uh, weed goat. The weed goat. Yeah. The, will the goat be hella high all the time? I I don't know. Goats, because you're they are always it. looking for the highest point. Ah. Yeah. I mean, we figured out that we can feed. <laughs> we figured out that we can feed coffee to goats, and it makes it a decaf. Like it's processes through the goats. They poop out the beans, and the beans are decaf. Because you that. get the goat side. Because you give all the goats your precious mm. caffeine. Losers. Yeah, I know, right? All right, uh, this has been the first half of Subcolby Tim. We did it. Uh, <laughs> I was joined by Billy Joe Gillespie, April Gallaty, and Aaron Atkins. We're coming Ooh. back in the second hour with Lee Cox. We're going to find out what he believes in. Stay tuned with us. We have 12 hours every day of comedy programming for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020. Please join us tonight at El Rio. Doors at 8.30. Show is at 9. It's being hosted by the amazing Polly Pop-Tart. And it's going to be a really fun show. It's going to be great. Lee Cox is actually on that. So, hey, stay tuned. Oh, and so is Aaron. Hello. Hello. Uh, stay tuned, and we'll be back with more stuff. It's your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th, 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in 7 days 
all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Quad Tigers, we fight for motorcycles. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Quad Tigers watches over riding. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear, too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Davis, here's Law Firm, LLP, 180 Carmenic Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento,
Rob Edwards. I'm here to tell you about the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's March 1st through the 7th, 2020. With special podcasts and comedy shows, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. Coming for 66. The trippy music. Do you know what time it is? Mutiny Radio, Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020 Special Second Edition. Some call me. I timed it out again wrong. Here we go. Two. There we go. Tim, I box out of Portland, Oregon. Yes. Uh, April Gallaty's back uh, on, the, on the beam. Okay. Uh, so uh, with some call me Tim, I usually have people look first deeply into the eyes of Sparkle Jesus. I ask you, do you believe in Jesus? Any uh, value in the Christ myth? Mm, this is a good answer. Thank you. Value in the Christ myth because it. Um, I just think it's pretty good. It's a pretty good metaphor. The idea of uh, death being a tool leading to rebirth, leading to redemption. Yeah. Uh, and in, in uh, but not just death like real death, but in little deaths in our lives, yeah. like learning about how to accept loss and yeah. then move on kind so of thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of th- I, I kind of think any amount of growth is kind of a death, right? Uh-huh. If you're if you're learning to do something new, the past version of you is kind of dead. That's the Oh. If you're if you learn to forgive yourself or something like that, the the version of yourself that wasn't able to do that is kind of dead. You're a new person. Right. Because your outlook determines who you are. Yeah. And therefore if you change your outlook, you've changed who you are. Yeah, the old version of you Remake our Ooh. And so the idea of the rebirth redemption of some sort definitely I think it's a good myth. Well what do we need redemption from? Our pasts often. I mean, hopefully we're growing as people and becoming, you know, better people to the world and so I, I think that there is some there is some need for Redemption there, and I, I, I also just think we're guilty of very common as a human being. Like the more that you learn about yourself, just like even going from childhood and kind of like teenager and learning about like the birth process, that idea of original sin makes sense to me because we're putting our mothers through what we put them through. Is like I think we have some redeeming. Sure. What's the worst thing you ever did to your mom? Is when you when you were a kid. Okay, fair, 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 fair. Yeah, I was like, mm, away. I slapped my mom once when I was 17. I regret wow. that. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, over something stupid, too. I think it was over, like, TV or something really dumb. Yeah. Like, something really mundane. I mean, it's a tough time. I, I work with uh, teens. I work with teens. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a tense, emotional traumatic. Is that it is those little things that you don't catch up with yourself. All the feelings you've got inside for yourself, and you put that out on the world. 
yeah, it could be some anger that it comes up in that in that moment of in the moment of yeah, sure. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, are people inherently good or inherently bad? But babies will lie to you. Yeah. Like small children. They'll it do something and they'll lie to you. Does that mean that they're... Well, I mean, they're interested in self-preservation. So is that good or is it bad? Like, I mean, self-preservation. Like, so it's just part of the nature of something that's alive. Is it becoming something anyone, you know? So you don't believe in, like, there's no religion that makes you a good person. You no. just are a good person because. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't know if there's like necessarily a step-by-step -step guide to being a good person. Not the Bible. <laughs> Ten Commandments. Not really. It's not a terrible place to start. Not killing people. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. I mean, though I'm not. I told you. Those really were the first rules I ever got as a child was somebody laying it out like, hey, lying's bad, lying to your parents is bad, and, you know, killing is bad, and stealing is bad, you know, and it's just a kind of a nice way to lay it out. So it's not a bad place to start. But yeah, I mean, children, the way that children learn and learn rules, it's, I think, more ethical with children to do kind of carrot stick learning as opposed to with adults, because as... I mean, I think that's a big reason why people who were born in circumstances wanting to like change the religion is because they feel lied to a lot of the time. The thing is, like, very helpful to lie to children. Like, when you're trying to get good <laughs> behavior out of them or just pro-social behavior, it's just helpful to be like, hey, do this, and good things will happen for you. And then you get older, and you're like, wait, I'm doing good things, and good things aren't happening for me. Like, I think that's a natural process of getting older, and I wish that religions did a better job of facilitating that transition from childhood into adulthood where you begin to question things. Were you raised religiously or were you, how was that, how was these kind of rules and laws brought into your life of morality? Was right. there an external one as a child? Um, no, I was raised in a pretty atheist household, oh. um, specifically pretty anti-Christian household. Um, but I wasn't like, I wasn't really given any particular like set of rules to follow or anything like that. I just kind of I I don't think morality stems from religion. I think religion can be a good way of like culturally binding a people, but I don't I don't think it's necessarily like a good way to learn morality. Oh. I think you can get that on your own pretty easy. Pretty it's pretty straightforward just to be like, "Hey, you did a thing that hurt somebody else." Like that's be aware of that and that's well, not and necessarily a good thing. And that there's the consequences when you hurt someone else. If there's consequences, you know, that you know you don't want to do that again because you have an actual consequence for that action. Yeah, I mean, uh, as, a, as a child, that can be kind of a tricky situation because maybe you don't exactly care that you hurt somebody else. Um, and oh. sometimes that empathy comes a little later. Yeah. Like, if uh. ever. I mean, there's some people who just don't have a ton of empathy in that and that's like unfortunate and that's I think where it does become valuable for a religion to be like yeah you're going to hell if you hurt people and then people <laughs> who wouldn't otherwise care they have that threat over their heads and so I, I see a value there 
to keep people in line. Religion's Some a great people. way to keep dumb people in line. Ideally, I mean, but <laughs> ideally, like if you look at dumb <laughs> religious people, they're still not super in line with what the Bible is telling them or whatever holy book is telling them most of the time. But you, you know, you cross your fingers. And hope. So if there's nothing, relig- like what, what hope do you have? What keeps you going? Like, what's your belief, or is there one? If you just why, why be? Um, I mean, I do have spiritual beliefs at this point in my life. Um, not beliefs, spiritual feelings, I think is more accurate to term spiritual feelings. Um, do you think there's an afterlife? Not as, not as such, not as we would like experience it, like passing through a pearly gate and looking around sure. and there's clouds and things like that. Not really. Just so when we die, we're in the ground, that's it. Consciousness disappears, everything else rots. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's I, I take on the metaphor of like the wave, like what happens to the wave once it crashes back into the ocean. Oh, okay. I feel that. That's a nice metaphor. Okay. You're like part of the froth and you go back into the big primordial yeah. swirl. I'm part of the froth. <laughs> uh, you, you don't believe in an afterlife? Not so much. I mean, uh, well, I guess what matters for me is I. It doesn't. It, I don't care. It does. It doesn't. Uh. Ma- if there is one or there isn't one, it's not going to do me much good to be placing bets. So, top three things you care about. Top three things I care yeah, about. Yeah, sure. Because I don't care about that. So uh, you don't care about what happens after. What are the three things? That, top three things you care about now uh, that make you go, yeah, here's what. Uh, I'm. Boy, it's hard to put into words, I guess, now that you've put it this way. Uh, top three things I care about. I'll, I'll say comedy, just because it, it would be weird not to, maybe. <laughs> um, Fair. Growth, like personal growth. Sure. That's a good one. And then uh, there's, these, uh, there's these crows that I feed around my house. So cool. I like them. Yeah. Rad. April, top three things. That you care about. Hard question. I honestly am a very curmudgeoned, negative person. <laughs> but you've got it. There's stuff you care about, like I care about Damon. <laughs> your yeah. So your husband. Yeah, I Great. care about my husband. One cool. That's a cool thing. The the cat and the ferrets. Yeah. Honestly, I like I really am one of those people who just has no like. Th- there's something about that familial bond where people are like my 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 sisters and my brothers and my cousins and all that. I just don't like. I never have, and I don't understand it. I'm yeah. gonna put cats and ferrets in one bundle. And yeah. You have to choose one more thing you care about. Comedy. Oh, yeah. All That's right. the yeah. All right. All right. Because it's weird not to right. Yeah. Billy Joe. Top my three kids. things you care. Kids, good. Tigger. Oh, great. Good. Family, animals, comedy. What are your What are yours, Brian? I would. I'd have to definitely put the cats up there. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, I'll be super honest. I care too much about uh, what other people think about me. <laughs> Don't <laughs> that's, we all? That's definitely up in the top three. <laughs> that I'm like, I care. I spend way too much brain space on that. Um. I know I I know I should say my favorite thing, 
<laughs> I know I should say, I know I should say comedy, but which encompasses comedy I just had to make a bigger basket yeah. uh, and uh, because I'm making a bigger basket I'll say cats and boyfriend together as one because <laughs> they're all in the same household right. family, family. Yeah. I mean family. I left my granddaughter out but yeah my right. heart doesn't sure yeah. exactly so w why do you think that we all chose animals as first what is what do you think that is uh, because animals have a capacity for empathy that people like, mm. and also that they're innocent and friendless. Like, you can never, like, I, I don't think you can accuse a cat of being racist. I don't know. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess when, when compared against, like, the average person. But, I mean, a yeah. cat will eat you when you die. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know? Self-preservation. I expect it to. <laughs> yeah. And we're cool with that? Would, would we be Somebody cool with, like... Somebody needs to clean up the mess. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I think a cat eating you when you're dead makes more mess, probably, than you Maybe. just rotting. I really hope somebody figures out I'm dead before my cat starts eating me, honestly, yeah. so she doesn't have to. Yeah. That's, I, that's also. Yeah. Fun. Probably wants to. She probably, Maybe. she's just Biting sitting around. Yeah. Nibbles me every once in a while. Just checking. Just, just making still? sure. Where's my food? Uh, but it's interesting that we all said that the three of us have I don't have, uh, I don't have much family. Yeah, I'm not super close with them. I'm not. I'm not super close with my immediate family. Yeah, it's actually um, an interesting thing that I'm kind of experiencing right now because growing up, I wasn't super close with my immediate family on like my mom's side, and then recently, my father died, and I'm getting like a ton of uh, Facebook message mm -hmm. requests and friend requests from a bunch of people on my father's side, and it's actually like a pretty large extended family over there comparatively, and they're all like being supportive of me out and seeing if I need anything, and it's very strange. It is kind of uh, challenging my definition of self, like my own personal narrative, because I'm used to just not having family. And so Support. now I have, yeah, so now I have all these people, and it's a little bit of like, what What do I, what do, I do with you? Like, I don't know how to I have a lot of people. love for I, so I wouldn't drop I anything I for anyone. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, I'm you're going to come to one of my shows? That's yeah. what I'd do with your extended family. I'd be like, come see me. <laughs> come They're see right. me perform. Yeah. Yeah, watch my YouTube video. Give me some hits. Right. You want to be supportive? Right. Put on they your Facebook have. that I'm funny. <laughs> well, that's good then. That's good if you have that yeah, kind of like. Um, but if I, if I had people reach out to me, that'd be the first thing that I would ask them to do. Like, oh, you want to support like, me? Like Give money to Mutiny Radio. Yeah, like, <laughs> like and subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. Yeah. Funny, funny stuff. But it kind of gets, it's, it's, I, I process a lot of things through, or I have been lately through that crisis thing that we're talking about. Yeah. And so I have this past idea of myself that I don't really have a family. And now I'm like in a space where I kind of do. And I'm trying to like really integrate those two things. How? Yeah. Uh, so do you read Joseph Campbell? Do you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. rad. Big into him. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, I've, Characters. I get really there. angry with the crones. Mm. I'm like, why do we got to call her a crone or a witch? <laughs> like, why can't it be like a little bit? 
want to be the hero. Crone is a hero. What is the old man called? What is the old man? Which one? Like the like in the same like if there's like Albus Dumbledore. Well, no, but I mean, like, if there's this series of things, like, what we are throughout our lives, what are old men prone? Well, within, I mean, this isn't, it's it's not a personal Elders. thing necessarily, but I, I think it's a mentor, is typically. I think it's oh, the mentor oh. role. You mm. w- you might know more about that than I do. Because oh. I, d- I never got too big into that aspect of it. Well, it's all through Star Wars. Like, so I watched, uh, I- if you look at... It's like, and then it's so funny because he goes into the cave, even mm-hmm. all that kind of yes. stuff with Yoda, and yeah, then comes that no. meets his father, but it's really him. Right. And then I mean that whole, that whole Yoda in the cave, uh, in uh, Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. is all yeah, like a hundred percent Joseph yeah, Campbell. Yeah, and they're they're open about that. Like they have interviews with George Lucas and stuff, and it's they're they're it's like yeah, it is like it is. Once I, I wasn't into Star Wars until I read Joseph Campbell. That's the aspect of Star Wars that I enjoy. Everything else is like a space opera. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cowboys in space. Um, how long have you been studying the? Is it just recently that you've come up with that you've been looking at it since your father's death, or has it been a thing for a while that it's you've studied? Um, it's been. I I. It took me probably like three years to get all the way through. Um, Hero with a thousand faces. And I, I, because I read it very slowly, and I took a lot of it to heart. And so that's been like, that's been a big part of it. And then the other big, and other big puzzle, puzzle piece for me in terms of my spiritual growth has been, um, there was a paper by Cormac McCarthy who wrote No Country for Old Men. Yeah, it, it's a pretty short essay. I would recommend people read it. I think it's called the textual problem or the textual problem. And it has to do with um, sorry about it. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Um, so it has to do with when they were I forget what the uh, the text was. Um, they were trying to figure out an as- an atomic structure, a molecular structure. You like so when you're mapping molecules, you can find um, based on the mathematics, you can find the shape of the molecule basically. Uh, but he found this molecule and he couldn't figure out the shape of it. He worked on it for months and months and couldn't figure it out. And uh, he went to sleep one night and had a dream of a snake eating its tail, that classic symbol. Oh, and he sure. realized that this, the molecular structure was a ring. Boroboros. Yeah. And so Cormac McCarthy, the, the essay is about like why did his brain choose to give him the answer this way? Because obviously it knew what the problem was. The brain knew what the answer was. But it didn't communicate it through language; it used imagery, and it waited till he was asleep. So why did it do this? And his overall premise was that the subconscious evolved before language did, and so it doesn't know how to use it. And oh. so a lot of the time that we're communicating with our subconscious or we're taking things in, it's through imagery and it's through metaphor. And so that's been a big part of my spiritual growth has been understanding that like language isn't always the best way to get to the bottom of things. Oh. It is often through like experience, through metaphor, through imagery and things like that. Do you have dream journals? I don't really dream. So you don't get like pictorial Not your much. body your brain doesn't process it like that. I like to think that I just do so much subconscious work in my waking life that my brain doesn't need to, but that's probably not true. I'm just I just not 
bad at dreaming. I'm bad at dreaming. But then what are the signs and symbols that you're seeing and interpreting? Uh, it can be like any anything anywhere. I mean, you can look at anything and take meaning from it if you wish to. But everything is metaphorical. That That's kind of how I've been living my life for the past year, two years. Is anything, if I need it to be, is a lesson or a metaphor. It is about kind of opening yourself up to that and putting yourself in that rhythm. In the moment. Sometimes. Try to be. Yeah. Not a bad way to live. Yeah, I mean, we grow so Yeah, I've been. So, yeah. My I, I, I'm totally on board. My my lesson that I've been learning is that when something happens, that doesn't change. But the only thing I can do is my reaction to it. I'm not powerless over. Like I used oh to sure. write it off like that's just the way I react and there's no other way I can react because mm. that's just what happens. Mm. And then now I'm like, okay, I'm actually, I can make a change. I can make a conscious choice yeah. to react in whatever way I want, and which is, like, it's in the south and in small town, it, it's tough. You're better than Well, but, and mm. that's the thing is, and I've, been, wrong, I've always been told that <laughs> that kind of idea too, like, that's an external way of saying, like, act this way or you look weird, as opposed yeah. to internally saying, I have a choice of how I'm going to react over right. this so that I can set myself in the way of my choosing. And that gives well, you in that, we were taught that we had a choice yeah. and that we were choosing poorly. <laughs> yeah. And it just gives you a sense, a greater sense of control over your life. Well, because most of my choices as a child, I was shamed into so they aren't necessarily my own choice of my own behavior if mm -hmm. I'm shamed out of it. Yeah. As opposed to me choosing not, you know, cry in that situation or fly right. off the handle or call someone a cunt face. Like, I don't have to do that. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you choose to do that. Like, I'd be Well, and that's, I try to recognize that I'm like doing Hawaii. that because I yeah. usually guilt it away later and say I went atomic, but I just couldn't help what? it. But now mm. I'm trying to own that and be like, well, I chose to go atomic. And <laughs> and if you're comfortable like living with the consequences of your actions, whatever, it's not a bad way of doing mm -hmm. things. Usually, by the time I've gone to that level, I have thought and decided a little bit get things resolved, even if it or or like my yeah. mom used to say, just the do something even if it's wrong. Well, yeah, you're, you're <laughs> picking a battle. You're literally yeah. picking a battle and saying, yeah. this is a battle I'm picking. Uh -huh. I'm, I'm going to die on this hill. I'm dying on yeah. this hill. <laughs> I'm making a choice to die on this hill. That's not usually what's happening with you. Usually it's like, I just, I'm like, ah, la, 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 and then slowly. I have learning, paid learning. so much for that in the past. And I'm well, <laughs> I mean, life's like, Uh, I used to make positive choices, though, because of fear of death or hell or right. Jesus not liking me. Right. And getting if my choice, if your choices are made because you're afraid of getting in trouble, mm. is it truly a choice, or are you just, you know, that that's mm. when morality comes into play because you're not necessarily being moral; you're just being choosy, not yeah. because they attune to you personally. I get what you mean. It's it's in a lot of ways a big difference. West is the idea of like guilt being an 
immoral way of imposing morality in the West, whereas in the East, I, I think that that is more common because of more of a collectivist idea of, of culture and community. So the idea that, like, yeah, shame your children into being good people because we are all one, versus mm. in the West, it's very much like we, we are all individuals. And so the idea that the community has shamed me is, like, very wrong. And that's that's just something that I tend to notice. It, like, yeah, that's something that I'm kind of on the lookout for or, and I just find it interesting, the, the different ways that we look at um, culture from a Western lens. Yeah. Fear is a teacher. Well, should be. And, you know, <laughs> now we tend to learn, yeah. pe people, I had a woman try to teach me how to do I was It was the her stopping and this woman was just I can't believe you would use fear to say hey lady they're adults they're well adjusted adults I think it was they made it through childhood because I taught them what they well I mean <laughs> fear is powerful I mean Kids, kids don't. If you, they don't fall down, they don't know how to That's get true. up. You gotta take. You can't put them in plastic wrap all the time. Yeah. They gotta. They gotta break. My some parents bones, tried. It didn't work. I let my certainly had to do something. We're about to grab something hot. Well, sure. Otherwise, they're gonna burn their little hands. But uh, that's a good question. Is I don't have kids. I don't have a dog in the race. You yeah. know, so it's like yeah. <laughs> I, have no, I have no dog in the fight. We're all gonna make mistakes. We don't know which ones we made until like we get to the end. Uh, hey, so I wanna add a backstory. Uh. Here, here's a crazy thing. Uh, people who want to commit suicide, do you care? Right? Like, if they want to take themselves out, why do, we, do we care if they want to? Does it matter? I mean, so I work with suicidal teens. Oh, my goodness. I did not even know that. Uh, yeah, that's a big part of my job. And so it's a tough question um, because I know that mental illness is often illness, and it is something that people can move past and grow from and I like I was suicidal as a as a kid and a teenager and so I don't know like I guess I didn't personally get help for that but I know there's a lot of people who've come through our care who if not for us would have killed themselves and have now grown and to a place where they are past that cool. and are thankful for our care and so I think that I don't know it's just like a child not wanting to eat like it is still your responsibility as a human, as a member of their community, to make sure that they do. And so I think with suicidal ideation or suicide attempts, especially with for teens and 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 younger even, like I I do think that it that is a part of our responsibility as a community to help them with that. All right, right. the message to yeah. you know <laughs> I was bullied. I went through a lot. Trust is not better. I mean, 
you know, I, I now stand on a stage and make. I, I I was playing I more de- devil's advocate. I mean, I was I was suicidal as a teenager too. But I, there's a there's this group online and they're called the anti-female save the world, kill yourself. And it's <laughs> all about like the, everything's falling apart and the best thing is being being perfectly lovely. Whoa! I see that as satire. Uh, it, it's a real thing though, and they don't like. I can see. It I just try to continue to see it as satire. Let me keep my yeah. perspective. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, it's perspective. I mean, I definitely think there are people who are in positions where they have decided that their life is not worth living anymore, and if they are in like a healthy state of mind and they've made that decision for themselves, that's that's definitely a different conversation. So, like euthanasia, no problem with that. Euthanasia, sure. Like, well, I, d- I, d- I don't. Yep, on the record, no problem with that. Like, they're <laughs> obviously. There's a lot of context for these things. Sure, yeah. I worked at a nursing home. Yeah, I mean, I there would comes a point I where terrible cancer. Uh, you know, yeah. Like, I'm not, I don't want You should have the choice. Yes, it is. Hang in there, kids. There, there's a difference this. between me medical I don't think just keep looking. Uh, I mean I would be there are measures that I, I can't do that. Uh uh any I mean I'm sorry. I've been doing this. This is. I think this is like the forty-second hour of <laughs> of podcasting have, that have we've done. Did you talk much in the last hour of like how you were raised? Oh, I was. I was raised super Christian. Okay. Like super, super. Drink the Kool-Aid juice. Yeah. Where did you grow up? Danville, which yeah. is near Bay Area. The okay. A really, really wealthy part of the Bay Area. Yeah, I was a capitalist pig and didn't. I thought I was poor. You were just a piglet. <laughs> I was just a piglet, yeah. I didn't even know. I thought that 90210 was just like what everybody was wearing. That, it, uh, that was like what my high school was like. Uh, we right. wore some of the same outfits. Everyone was driving the same kind of cars. Right. Everyone was very wealthy. I, was like, I only drive a Hyundai. Mm. I'm poor. Yeah. My parents only gave me a brand new Hyundai for my 16th birthday. Yeah. Not a Mustang or a BMW, so I'm a pile of dog shit. So I'm getting a sense that you kind of grew out of the Christian community that you were yeah, brought up absolutely. in. Yeah, absolutely. I did acid for the first time and saw okay. God, and I was like, "We're cool, bro." And he's like, "Yeah, we're fine." <laughs> okay, right was on. All that other stuff was bullshit. We're fine. Was there a lot of? I, I assume there was a lot of tension between you and your family. Oh, over there that? still is. Absolutely, right. they're all still exceedingly. Yeah, Fox News, Kool-Aid drinking, are you church going. Are you able to see positive aspects of that, or is it just a negative? Um, everyone I know from when I was little that's still Christian is super rich. So that's mm. probably pretty positive. Yeah. Uh, and they seem to have happy families. Mm-hmm. So that's nice for them. Do you feel that that's more of like an appearance-based thing? Or are they actually, do you think that they have found? I don't know. Like, they, they definitely appear very pottery barn from the outside. Right. So it all looks pretty shiny and happy. But yeah. who knows? Yeah. I don't, I can't lift back the veil on, uh, I mean, I don't. I think I see the hypocrisy in Christianity. It's difficult for me to 
Right. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, even Catholicism, we kill so many people in the name of what? And it's like top three religions are all the same, come from the same guy, and we, but we hate Muslims. Like, mm. they're all Abrahamic, six yeah. monotheistic religions, but 